It is a big day. The lunar lander is scheduled to land on the moon in less than an hour. Whoa! We're going back after decades and decades away. Brian Ewinson is the executive director of Spaceport Sheboygan, also a former astronaut trainer and rocket scientist. He is by far the smartest guy who has ever been on this show. <laughs> Brian, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on board. Is it just fun to say rocket scientist? It's always uh, fun to say rocket scientist, but uh, sometimes to say it's not brain surgery. <laughs> How big a deal is this? This is going to happen within an hour. It hasn't happened in a long time. Give us some perspective. How big a deal is this that we're, if things go well, going to land something on the moon here this afternoon? Um, It's a very, very big uh, deal in the sense that uh, when we look at the history of landing things on the moon, both unmanned and manned, uh, since 1965, roughly 50% of the landers going to the moon have actually failed. Even though it's only four days away, it's still an incredible uh, achievement to be able to do so. Only four days away. That's just amazing when you think about it, that we can actually figure that out. This is a precursor to sending crews back to the moon. Why is it important that we send people back to the moon? Uh, We're going back to the moon with the Artemis program, unlike Apollo, where we were there for one to three days. We're actually going there to stay. We're going to be building a space station around the moon as well as a base on the moon, which will allow us to access resources on the moon that are now uh, used to be in abundance on Earth but are actually pretty rare on Earth. So we'll be able to do mining and geology, and it really uh, creates what we call a lunar uh, economy that'll help to service us here back on Earth. Now, you have been inside a mission control space during these types of events. What is the energy like during this hour now that it's delayed? Uh, the energy, we would say, is palpable. Uh, when you, Even though it's a machine, uh, we even look at the Mars rovers, uh, you're still incredibly invested in the actual machine and its operations, and uh, you're basically tapping your fingers. You're on the edge, uh, expecting success, but possible failure as well as is an option. Is it a race to get back to the moon? You mentioned building a base and building where people will live and tapping into resources. My goodness, do other countries see that as a threat? Do other countries want to try to do the same thing? A number of countries are trying to get back to the moon. When we actually look at these lunar landers here recently, India and Japan sent uh, vehicles, uh, rovers and landers to the moon. But the key one was uh, Japan or China has actually sent three vehicles to the moon. And it's sort of becoming the new space race as China would like to send people to the moon and actually beat the United States as well. Can we claim parts of the moon? We've seen the famous pictures of sticking the flag into the moon. Or no, could we all end up building buildings that are right next to each other like we're living in Brookfield? Uh, living, Sort of like living in Brookfield, the United Nations Outer Space Treaty in 1967 indicated that even though we have American flags on the moon, no one can actually possess the moon. But it will be interesting as we go forward when we start looking at resources, geology, mining, uh, how that plays 
plays out. But basically, no one can actually claim it as theirs. But now we're looking at mineral rights. We'll present some new, new issues worldwide. It is fascinating. How are you going to watch it? Are you, are you this afternoon in front of a computer screen where you can see this? Absolutely. Uh, we're just about 43 minutes to the landing. <laughs> Look at that, counting down already. And Brian, when did you first become yourself fascinated by aerospace? Um, it's really interesting. I do presentations across the United States and Canada. The first slide is my twin brother and I uh, with our family at the Kennedy Space Center. I'm originally from Canada. That was a trip to the Kennedy Space Center where both of us said we wanted to work with airplanes and spacecraft when we grew up. Uh, my twin brother's an Air Canada captain. He gets to fly all around the world. I went and studied astrophysics and ended up working uh, for NASA and the space shuttle program for 25 years. Uh, but it was that family trip to the Kennedy Space Center at four years old that was the gee whiz moment that said, I want to do that when I grow up. How does a guy who's a rocket scientist and worked at in the space shuttles for NASA end up in Sheboygan? Uh, when the shuttle program ended, about 40,000 of us actually lost our jobs. Uh, so I had actually created my own consulting and speaking business and education business. And a friend said, well, how would you like to come to Sheboygan, Wisconsin? And I was like, show what? <laughs> uh, we actually have a space museum here in Sheboygan. Uh, right since COVID, we've actually been physically closed. We're still doing in-classroom presentations. Uh, but a lot of folks don't realize uh, right where Whistling Straits is, we have a 70-mile military zone of exclusion uh, by the Department of Defense where we can launch suborbital payloads to space from right here in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. That is amazing. Brian Ewinson is the executive director of Spaceport Sheboygan. This has been so fun. Thank you so much, Brian. You're very welcome.